My name is Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. We're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 and Truce in Kansas City, Missouri. This week on the show, we have Tobias Harvey. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Oh, and should I, should I say, also known as Architect? Is that... I have lots of different monikers. Monik- oh, yeah. What other monikers you got? Um, I used to go by DJ Young Walk mm-hmm. one time. thought it was funny, and people thought it was a serious thing, but it was like a... I was DJing on April Fool's Day, and mm-hmm. I decided to change my name to DJ Young Guac, so... Yeah. And then I also go by Techzilla a lot when I DJ, too, so yeah. it's sort of been my tagline, but yeah. Most people just call me Tobias now, though. Mm. I'm more known as Tobias than Architect anymore, but yeah. The artist formerly known as Techzilla. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, um... Oh yeah. Also, I was I was I was reading up a little bit. I was uh, doing my prep for the interview, and your Bandcamp bio notes that you're a former MySpace celebrity. I was, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about that. No, man. MySpace. Like, um, so when I first put my music out online, it was 2006, and um, I was uploading music to an old website called Acid Planet, which doesn't exist anymore. It was a Sony. Uh, run website. Sony had a music software called Acid, and they had a music community called Acid Planet where you could like upload, you know, your own music. Um, and so I was on Acid Planet, and I got a big following on there. And then that led to me being on MySpace, where I I don't know what it was, but like my MySpace was just popping. Like I think I had like a quarter million friends, and like I would put my music out on MySpace, and I would get so many leads. Um, through MySpace, and like I was like 16. Um, so yeah, I've never been able to replicate that like same networking success. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't even know what it was about MySpace. I just, yeah. it's just where it was happening for me. So mm. and, yeah. and God knows, uh, MySpace um, fame does not translate really no, much anywhere not. else. No, uh-uh. but if MySpace was still, I was making steady money through MySpace, which yeah, I'm not like selling anymore. beats and stuff. Selling or? beats. I was also designing a lot of graphics, um, album artwork, other people's MySpace pages. Mm. Um, some cool skin. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was. I'm, I'm post MySpace. Sure. Um, yeah. No, MySpace was like an in depth. Like you could change the CSS yeah. um, and all that stuff. So like you could get in there and change the HTML codes, which is funny because like that's how I got into web design type stuff, which is now part of what I do professionally. So yeah. yeah. So uh, thank, thank you, MySpace. Yes, thank <laughs> you, Tom. Tom, the famous MySpace guy. Thanks, Tom, for uh, setting me up for a success, more so than public education ever did. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay in school, kids. Um, but so I, I guess I was kind of curious. Like you, you, you do lots of things. Um, I guess I was kind of curious. Like when someone asks you what you do, like just for a living or just otherwise. Yeah. Like, what do you usually tell them? Like, do you like lead with hip-hop producer, graphic designer, so, video guy? Not anymore. I mean, um, so I run Cult, or Create Uplift, yeah. which is a creative agency. And so what I sort of found was, like, I was doing so many different creative things where I was making graphics, I was producing music, I was um, editing photos and videos, um, and just over time, I just kept, you know, staying with those things. Um, and then I ended up making Colt, which 
years later would go on to just become a full-fledged creative agency. So what I do full-time is just a variety of different creative services, so different creative things, um, and just doing them professionally for businesses. It's kind of, I found that it's kind of weird because, like, when I would make album covers or flyers, I'd be doing it for, like, 20 bucks, yeah. like, 40 bucks. But then when you work with, like, businesses, you're, like, sort of doing the same service, but for, like, 10 times the amount of money just because it's, like, on that professional business-to-business level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when I say, you know, when they say, what do you do, that's a hard question to answer because yeah. um, I wear so many hats. But, but you, you I only wear one hat, too. yeah, I know, yeah. So. <laughs> that's on, it's on the album covers. Yeah, it's... but, yeah, I mean, what I do professionally, I my technical title is, like, CEO, founder. People, I don't like the term entrepreneur, but, mm. but yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah, it's it's great to be in the position that we're in now to be able to do all those creative things and, and do them so well for different clients and different people. And, um, yeah, I still definitely make music. Like I yeah. never, I never stopped making music. Um, I, I took a, a break, but not by choice. Our, our studio space had to get moved. And so our studio, my studio was torn apart for like six months yeah. and I couldn't do anything. And it was like really irritating. But, um, I think when I was, uh, what I was saying to some other, I think when I sent you the press release for the album or something, like music is the only service that is, I don't really consider it my professional service because that's how I like express myself. That's how I yeah. get stressed out and that's how I, you know, I have fun when I make music. I don't necessarily have fun when I'm like designing a website for like hemorrhoids or something like that. <laughs> I don't do that, but Yeah. But if if you are in the hemorrhoid biz, <laughs> yeah, preparation um, age. You need a very s- slick website. Hit my email, Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, no, so I guess since we're on the topic of cult and create uplift, um, I, yeah, could you kind of walk me through like starting the website and starting mm-hmm. the the company? Back? Yeah. So I, you're saying six or seven years ago? Um. So I originally, so cult is an idea that stemmed from me and a friend in high school. And so this would be uh, 2007. Hmm. So 2007, 2008, me and uh, another graphic designer had this idea for a clothing line called um, Creative Culture. And, like, nothing happened. Like, you know, we made some some shirts. I think we, like, spray-painted some clothes. Nice. I distinctly remember, like, this ice cream popsicle T-shirt that he made that was, like, really cool. Um, and nothing really happened until uh, I uh, eventually would start the company in 2012. In late 2012, when I came up with the website i just made a website um and it was uh it was creative culture website and i didn't really know what it was going to be i just knew that i had like a lot of friends who were creative musicians designers photographers and like i wanted a space where like all that could be at yeah because i you know being in like northeast kansas um there was there wasn't a whole lot out at the time, um, like it predates Shuttlecock. Um, there was Dimension Mag. Subtle flex. No, no, I'm not saying that. No, I didn't mean that at all. Because like I'm, I'm glad. No, yeah, that, like, no, no, know. you're. No, yeah, um, but like there was there was OG. some things at the time. Like Dimension Mag was like before us. Yeah. Um, I think we there was another one called Wheat City that Les Paul mm-hmm. um, was involved with, um, but neither of those things are uh, around I, anymore. I, I heart local music. I'm, I heart I'm local music. Sure yeah, was, yeah, yeah, they predate us. Um, 
But creative culture, I ended up talking about the idea to some friends mm-hmm. on a car ride to New York. So we're going to New York, and I'm on my way to the um, I-Standard National Finals for producers, like the Beast of the Beats 8 or Beast of the Beats 9. I don't even remember which one it was. Um, So we're going to New York so I can perform in this Beast of the Beats competition at Webster Hall, which was pretty cool. And I was just telling them the idea, like, hey, I got this idea for a clothing line called cult and like you know it can be involved in the music community and it can you know we can showcase other people's music on the site i already have the site i already have social media um and so me and a couple other friends like they they would loved it and so they helped between the three of us we pulled together like four grand and that was like the seed money to get you know some merch made some promo out um and everything went everything kind of went really well up until um when my friend chris died my friend Chris had passed away. He was he was uh, one of the co-founders, mm. and he passed away um, on a car ride back from Oklahoma. Um, and then after that, it kind of went downhill, uh, just because I wasn't, I guess I wasn't like feeling it after he had passed away. Um, and so it wouldn't be until 2016 um, when we sort of changed our name to Create Uplift. We still kept that cult like logo and moniker. And brand, yep. but we changed our web URL and we changed um, all that stuff um, to be Create Uplift. And I met uh, a photographer in Topeka um, and a videographer, and uh, me and him started Create Uplift. And we just did the same thing. Like we were in Granada, like almost weekly, yeah, like covering whatever. That's, that's show. Where I first met you guys. Yeah. That, that's like my. I think so. Yeah, that's my like origin of like a handful of like kind of friends and acquaintances of yeah. like of just like shooting granada rap shows like in like yep. 2016 and 17 that's like when i met like half of the people i know in the music scene yeah there's i mean there's so there's such a variety of shows that go through granada yeah. um and it's usually you know big to medium-sized acts and so um it was pretty cool to like be backstage um, a lot of our friends that we knew, like either from Topeka or Kansas City, would open, yep. and I would come maybe DJ for them. And then, you know, Marcy, the, the photographer, would shoot the photos, do short videos. Um, me and Devin played there. We opened up for like Talib Kweli. Um, I think I, I DJed for Les Paul there one time um, when he brought Hurt Everybody to Granada. Yep. Um, we were back there a lot with like Shaq and Rory, um, when they would be there. Um, but yeah, like Granada's where like it all sort of a lot of creatives, a lot of musicians, be they producers or photographers or designers, like, yeah, yeah like that backstage where that little arcade thing, our arcade game is like, yeah, that's, it was pretty cool. Um, so we just kept doing that. We would just go shoot photos, put them out on Facebook, on Instagram, um, and then we would write, we would write up like real short reviews of albums, mm. like not even real reviews, like not even like really in depth, yeah. but, um, we never really solicited reviews. Like I was just listening to local music a lot yeah. and I would just write up a review on it and post it. I wouldn't even tell like the artist I was doing it. I wouldn't like, like, Hey, is it okay if I post this? I would just post it, yeah. but we never said anything negative. Um, like I never wanted to have a negative review or anything like that. Um, you're creating uplifting. Yeah, exactly. Like we're here to support, you know, I never considered us like a critique mag. 
yeah, or anything like and yeah, that. Yeah, and when your when your scene is like as like relatively small as like Topeka and yeah, like totally. Kansas hip hop, like there isn't a ton of room. Yeah, to, <laughs> yeah, you can't make too many enemies. Yeah. Like uh, you, you can get away with it to an extent in Kansas sure. City. Um, I can tell you about that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then being from Topeka, like Topeka is such a small. Like it's it's small, yep. small fries compared to to KC, um, but that's just where you know we're at. That's where. Oh we're yeah, and it's it's great to have like the the hub that yeah. uh, create uplift is for that yeah. scene. And then one, I guess one thing we never really did was we never wanted to like tie ourselves to Topeka exclusively um, because I had so many friends in KC. Um, so we wanted to keep it open for like just that whole region, yeah. um, that sort of stretch from like Kansas City down to like Wichita, and like just Topeka, Lawrence, Manhattan, Wichita, Salina, um, you know, KCK, KCMO, and like all that stuff. And then I even like explored some into Omaha, um, you know, just sort of like a, a website for like real Midwest breadbasket hip hop because there's i mean there are scenes in each of these cities especially like the college towns and i was just talking with um marty from ebony tusks about like the different cities that are through the midwest because you know he's toured a ton yeah um with his different groups and it would um you know it, it would be so cool to have like one platform to like represent just this whole Error, this whole geographical area that is so underserved and so yeah. underrepresented. Um, and I guess that was like our longer term vision for cult as a music platform, but we never, you know, I mean, it's something we could still pursue. Um, but we ended up taking a different turn just because we found more success with like marketing and being a creative agency. Um, you know, that's sort of where we found the money at. Um, so that's sort of where we, yeah. So it's tough to balance. It's, like, it is tough to balance. Yeah. Cause like you need money to operate, but you also want to do what you want to do. Yeah. And so, um, it's pretty tough to balance those, those two things. And like, I only have so much time, um, in the day, especially now it's like I get older and become more of an adult and yeah. settle, settle into my, I'm approaching my thirties. So like. I have a kid on the way too, so like yeah. there's only so many hours in the day. You need those two Red Bulls to. <laughs> I had a I had a 16 ounce one um, this morning, so yeah. Ooh, that'll do you. Yeah, um, I usually have one a day, so <laughs> I don't know. I wonder what the long term like repercussions of these things are. Because well, let's not worry about it. You guys have studied. They can't be studied, right? No, but yeah, um, and something I was kind of thinking of that I wanted to kind of just bounce off you at least was, um, or at least just tell you, but, like, um, I, I was looking over the the Creative Lift website this week, uh-huh. and, like, you're, you're saying that it is kind of hard to balance and balance these things and, like, put as much time as you want to into the music coverage, but um, I, I do kind of, like, I, I was just, like, glancing over the last page of blog posts that you guys have, and it was, like, a really cool, like, like grab bag of, yeah. like, regional hip-hop yeah. stuff. And, like, you know, you had Marty talking to Aaron Alexander, yeah. just kind of like a casual interview, and then yeah. you had, like, write-ups on different releases and photos yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I think Shevin was the last write-up when yeah. he put out Power Lines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I still listen to local music. I, yeah. I still, you know... Um, will occasionally appear at shows and, and stuff like that. So uh, it's just, it just it's a time yeah. thing. So No, but yeah, I kind of like, I, I enjoyed that. Like, I'm sure you would want to 
like or may- maybe you would want to have more structure and like have like kind of features that happen every so often but like oh, yeah. just looking at it like it was like i i enjoyed the, like i'm a very like i'm all about having like structure in yeah. my creative work yeah. so to see something that is like more or less structureless yeah. was like kind of cool i'm like oh you never like you can't really tell what's going to pop up on yeah, next. so yeah, i kind of like that yeah and, and i think what we found on the site was like we would only do write-ups like maybe twice a month you know and so it was just it was like that um like that one article that one album or that one single or video like how to space to live yeah. um and it i mean it, it worked for us because it, it would get us a lot of web traffic um, it would get us a lot of growth across our social media accounts, and and that was sort of like our reward was you know picking up that traction. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then and then just making those connections and building those relationships with those different musicians. Like I mean, I, every artist on the website, like I could message today and be like, "What's up?" Yeah. And have a conversation with them. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. No, and um, I guess just to talk a, a little bit more. Uh, creative lift I, I guess I was just kind of curious like you say you do a lot of like business to business stuff with uh, the the creative agency side of it mm-hmm. um, are, are there any like particular projects you've done with that recently that you think um, our listeners may be interested in any like kind of music or arts focused um, stuff not or just that you've done kind of in general not really a, a lot of the business end of of what we do is um it's just with a variety of different clients. So like, you have some like Topeka restaurants. Yeah, right? we uh, we helped with the launch of a new Topeka hotel downtown, mm. um, and the hotel had uh, a restaurant in the in the lobby. Have you ever been to Crossroads Hotel um, here in KC? I, I've driven by. I haven't been okay, there. well, they have a sister hotel in Topeka. The um, so that's like owned by the same cool. hotel corp. Um, but they like. Uh, they will have live music like Friday and Saturday, nice. and I thought it was it was kind of cool to help. We didn't, I mean, we didn't help build the hotel or anything, but we we ran, we took like their photos and did their videos and, and social media publishings and stuff like that. Um, and so it was kind of cool to help bring some bring a, a music venue. It's not really a music venue, but just a space that musicians could come play and get paid. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, cause, uh, well, I, we also did do a lot with, um, Quentin's in Topeka, which was a bar, mm. um, that we did a lot of music stuff with, but Quentin's, um, actually ended up closing, um, January 1st of this year, mm. along with, uh, there was a Kansas city bar that also closed Dempsey's. Mm. Was it Dempsey's? No. Uh, that sounds right. De- is Dempsey's closed now? Yeah, I, I know. Think it was like Dempsey's. Cam and John would DJ. Yes, there. okay. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, so like they were owned by the same guy or something, mm. and he moved and just closed shop. So there wasn't necessarily anything wrong with yeah. the space. Just the owner like decided to close. So, yeah, we did, we did a lot of Quentin's. We had a lot of shows at Quentin's. We brought Dominico to Quentin's. We... Um, we I would DJ there like regularly. We brought DJ Amy's there. Um, Stick figure would perform there. Um, yeah. So, but it's closed now. So like that's that's one of the things about Topeka is there's a a big um, a big lack of venues. Yeah. And it's, the Booby Trap is like Topeka's iconic venue just because it's been open. Yeah. Uh, you know it's been open for 
for so long, um, and it's still there. And it's uh, like just off the top of my head, there's like literally two venues that I could think of. Yeah. Good. I know like Jayhawk Theater has stuff. Sometimes. I'm not even including the Jayhawk Theater. Um, there's there's J and J. Like you're, I'm talking mid-sized venues, sort of like Bottle, yeah. like Bottleneck or Jackpot and Lawrence. Um, there's Booby Trap, and then there's one called J and J's Gallery in North Topeka. Mm. In the in the arts district, uh, so the North Topeka is called Noto. It's like the arts district. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, but yeah, like there's such a lack of venues. Um, there's not really a there's not really a lack of musicians, but there's a lack of like those resources in Topeka for those um, musicians to to have. Yeah. Um, so a lot of them come to Lawrence to play. A lot of them come to Kansas City um, and stuff like that. Like I come to Kansas City to. To place shows sometimes. Um, we even organized shows in Lawrence more so than in Topeka. Back yeah. when Colt first started, we did shows at Jackpot a lot, album release parties and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah. Okay, uh, I guess we could get into some of your music. Sure. Now. Yeah. Um, you have the new album out called Eject. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just put Eject out, which is actually um, uh, the longest album I think I've made so mm. far in terms of track numbers um so it was 20 tracks um and it was album uh most of which was new some of the the instrumentals on there are a little bit older um because i just have such a huge catalog of of music like of beats just like literally thousands um and none like not everything has been released and so i have a huge archive of backlogged instrumentals um, even records from artists, um, like I, we, me and another artist produced an entire album in 2013 and never released it. Mm. Like we spent like thousands of dollars recording it at Chapman. Who was that with? Uh, me and KP mm. from Lawrence. We 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 recorded and engine and mixed and engineered a, uh, another album after we had previously made two albums together. Um, but we never, it just never got put out mm. something like, I don't, he didn't like the way that it sounded for some songs and like, we never went back and retouched it and it just never, like, it's just shelved. Mm. It's like 10 fully done produced songs. And I've produced albums for, um, artists that have never come out either. So, um, putting out eject, uh, some of the tracks were like just those unreleased backlogged, yeah. um, tracks, but uh, over half of it was like new. Because what had happened was my, my studio was torn apart for um, like six months because we were moving from one office to another office. Um, and so I wasn't able to make music for six months, which was like really frustrating. And so as soon as we got like it set up and we got, um, you know, work all caught up, like I was ready to just like make beats. Yeah. And I was like, leave me alone, like get out of my studio, just like let me make beats. Um, and so eject... Um, was kind of like the, the tracks that are on there are just real quick, um, beats that I just sort of like threw together. Yeah. Just want to get all that shit out of your system. Yeah. I was like, I was just like expressing all this pent up creativity that I wasn't ejecting. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I called it. You know, I didn't decide to call it eject until, um, uh, until we shot that cover photo Mm. and I was originally going to call it highways. Um, which I'll probably still put out another album called Highways. But um, uh, Dominic, or Dom Visions, shot that photo, mm. and it was his idea. Like, I was like, uh, I've been wanting to work with Dominic for a long time because he lived in um, Colorado, Denver, I think, um, for a while, and then he moved back to Kansas City, 
and I had met him through KP because um, he did a music video for KP, and I just thought he was like super talented. And as soon as he moved back, I was like, dude, we got to get a shoot in. Like, um, and so we met up, and he was like, I have this weird idea where you're gonna like jump onto a mattress. Uh, and we like we drove out to the West Bottoms, and he had like this mattress he had just bought off like Craigslist for like twenty bucks. And I was just like repeatedly like jumping back yeah. and like falling on this mattress. And your hat's flying off. Yeah, and, yeah, and he was like, cool. my hat incidentally fell off one time. Oh, nice. And he was like, oh no, I like that. He's like, yeah. I like that. He's like, try to throw it off your head. And so I was like throwing it off my head. And yeah. we were out there for like thirty minutes until the cops, like a cop showed up, and um, he didn't get out of the car, but we could tell he wanted us to leave. So. <laughs> Um, hey, stop doing art down here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was his idea to do that. And as soon as I um, saw the the photos, um, I was like, I'm going to call this album Eject. And um, just further exploring it, like the term eject is like, when I'm making music, I'm like ejecting from my normal life. Like I'm getting out of my work, creative life yeah. and going into, you know, my passion, creative yeah. Role. Um, so I was trying to like eject from that normal. I don't want to say I have a nine to five because I don't, but like that normal nine to five um, and just make music. Um, and that's sort of like how I, I uh, get out of the, you know, yeah. typical role. Oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't know if it's anything like, I don't know if I have anything particularly interesting to say about it, but like, because um, cause so many people are constantly talking about it, but just the the fact of, like, working in, like, a, a somewhat creative field, like, uh-huh. for a living, like, just, like, finding the balance of, like, work life because you can just get trapped, like, yeah. working at home all the time yeah. or, like, just, I don't know, like, does is that something that kind yeah. of weighs on you, so, like, uh, trying to juggle up? Yeah, I mean, one thing that I have heard and that I've learned is that, um, like, inspiration is for amateurs. Uh, and that is to say, like, every day I have to go and do these tasks that are creative. But I'm not necessarily always inspired to, like, do these things, but I still have to do them to meet deadlines to, you know, um, continue to run my business. Yeah. Um, whereas with music, um, it wasn't like that. Like, I would only make music when I wanted to. I was never... Um, I never really forced myself to make music unless I was engineering like tracks where I had deadlines to like meet for engineering, but I don't really like engineering as much as I do producing. And so I think with E with my, with eject with the new album, that's sort of like is setting the tone for just what I want to do moving forward. And I feel like I've spent uh, so many years like producing music for other people to a certain degree as a music producer. And that like now, I don't need to do that anymore. And now I can just literally just make beats and put out beat tapes and yeah. like work with the artists who like I want to work with or work with the artists who just like want beats here and there. Um, but that's what I really love to do. I just love being a beat maker. Yeah. I just love to sit at my studio alone and just make beats. Um, that's where I'm the most, I guess, expressive and, and, um, that's what I want to do. And, so, and now I'm in that position where that's what I can do. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Ejects sort of sets the toad for, like, all the music that I plan to release, you know, later down the road. Nice. And um, I know, like, a lot of your beat tapes and, like, solo work have, like, kind of themes. Like, you have the Low Pass Filter yeah. series yeah, the and LPF, yeah. um, the 
is it called music for when you're alone? Yeah, for when you're alone, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I guess I was kind of curious if there was, like, kind of a driving theme. I mean, besides, like... There I is, mean, yeah. Uh, for for yeah. Eject, like, if... Yeah, there is. And, like, if you look at... Um, uh, I guess I, I've always liked listening to music in the car. I drive a lot. Yeah. So I drive a lot. And I always just like listening to music in the car. And... It was funny because when I when I made um, for when you're alone, um, I made, I made that album with the idea that people listen to different music when they're alone. Yeah. Like if you're in your car by yourself, like you might jam out to like Brazilian jazz, but like if you're with your friends, you know you might not play that because your friends might be like, you know, what the hell is this? Yeah. And so I made for when you're alone as sort of with that in mind, like alone in your car. Um, yeah. Or alone in your house or room or studio or whatever, trying to like free up, uh, yeah, the creative. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, there is a and with highways that just continues the whole driving thing. I just drive a lot. Yeah. I listen to music a lot in the car, um, and so yeah, um, I guess highways would be like the next installment of that. But that's not even on my radar. I guess it's on my radar, but it's ways away. So. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, and also, I guess I was kind of curious. Oh, um, would would you say like? Wait, so was were you saying that eject was like the first? Yeah, it was like some of the first stuff you got to work on since moving yeah, the studio. Yeah. So like after like kind of a six month break, like would mm-hmm. you like? Would you say there's like sonically like a whole lot different? Like did anything yeah. change within those six months? Like within it did. the outcome? So. What I tried to do with Eject was put out the music um, without overthinking it or without over-critiquing it. So my process normally when I would make a a beat is I'll make the beat in Reason. So I use Reason to produce, and then I would take it into Logic and mix it down and, like, adjust and, like, finesse everything. But with Eject, it was sort of just, like, getting out these ideas out of my head and just, like, putting them you know, into music and then just exporting it. And like, that was it. Mm. So it was more of me like creating things in a simpler way and a less complicated way where I wasn't like re-importing it into another software and mixing it down and changing it and editing it. Um, Cause if you, I guess if you listen to eject and compare it to other like bodies of work that I've put out, it's not as complicated. It plays through just like really quick. There's no, overly done intros or outros it's just like the beat starts it goes it plays um Mm. and i guess that speaks to the music that i've been listening to lately which is just a lot of other producer um beat tapes and stuff like that um because ever since i don't know when lo-fi hip-hop took over spotify and streaming um or youtube um, but ever since then, like there has been like a emergence of this lo-fi instrumental chill out study music, you know, smoke weed to music. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like, I'm not trying to say like, I'm trying to ride that wave. Like I've already been doing that. Like I've already been producing yeah. beats and putting out beats. Um, but it's kind of cool that I think beat makers have their own genre and presence now more so than ever um because like back in like the 2000s um it was like you had your producer and it it was sort of like who who are they producing for 
So you were still that counterpart to the rapper. Yeah. But now there are it's like a plethora of beat makers who just make beats and put out beat tapes and like that's it. And because of Spotify, like they can make money streaming. Um, and because of platforms like Intelligent Sound, you know, even here in KC or, or Fuck Life, like there's a platform for those beat makers and DJs and people who just make like obscure music that doesn't necessarily fit that mold. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think also just with the theme of Eject and with me just wanting to make beats, I th- I, there's more of a market for that now than there was before. Yeah. No, yeah, and I guess um, something else I wanted to talk about kind of plays into that is, um, well, I guess I was curious what you think makes like a great like beat out al- like instrumental album, mm-hmm. like an instrumental hip hop album, like and what some of like your favorites over the yeah, years have been. So when I listen to music, just in general, just in all of, in music, um, it, it's hard to put it into words, but I can sort of tell when there's like soul to a song. Yeah. I can sort of tell when an artist made this because they wanted to make it and they were expressing themselves versus an artist who is like trying to make a hit or trying to like get on or trying to like, you know, cause being in the studio, um, I was around a lot of rappers who would be like, let's make a hit today. Like let's do this and that and this, um, versus where I wanted to be was with musicians or artists who just want to come make music in general. Like let's come, you know, let's not come with an agenda or a plan or a format. Like let's just be creative and see what comes out of it. Mm. And so, um, in all of music, not just in hip hop, but just in all of music, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I guess I just can sort of tell when like music has a soul to it and it has that substance to it versus like when me- there's music that I could sort of tell like, okay, you're following this formula of like, you know, four bar intro eight bar, you know, right to the hook. Then you get into the verse. Then you go into the hook again. Then you have a bridge. Like you're following this like formula, you know, um, and I, you can hear it in like people's voices. You can hear it uh, a lot in the drum work um, for me. So yeah, to me, just great music will make you like feel something. It will make you have an emotional reaction. It'll make you think of something in your past um, it, it'll make you feel a certain way. Yeah. And so that's not something that, that can really be described. Like music can be good technically. Your sonics can be good and your, you know, like I said, your arrangement, your composition can be good. Um, you can be technically skilled. Um, but for me, like a good music will make me feel something like, yeah. and it can be trap music. It can be boom bap music. It can be, you know, um, any type of music, if it makes me feel a certain way, then to me, like, that's what great music is. Yeah. So you don't, you don't see much, like, um, you don't think, like, you don't really believe that, like, music, like, like an album being only instrumental is that uh-huh. bears any sort of, like, hindrance to it being, like, a great, like, and No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, there are some really great instrumental albums yes, throughout but, history, yeah. you know, like Roy Ayers, um, like famous keyboard player, like one of the most iconic musicians there is. Like Curtis Mayfield is known for being like a singer, but he was an incredible multi instrumentalist. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, like uh, like Flying Lotus, for example, too. Like yeah. most of his music is just instrumentals, but he's going on to make incredible bodies of work. Like You're Dead is like an amazing album, yeah. <laughs> like top to bottom, um, and stuff like that. So yeah. 
Um, I don't I don't see like just releasing an instrumental album as as a hindrance or, mm-hmm. or a setback or anything. But the other thing too, I guess with eject and with like sort of where I'm going is I don't have any goals in music anymore. Like I don't really have any like I just I just want to make music. Like yeah. I don't I don't have any goals because like I spent a decade plus like in this rat race of like I want to be a professional music producer and I want to like you know make music with Lil Wayne or like with Joel Santana um, and stuff like that. Um, but that's not the case anymore. Like you know I've, I found my new role as a professional creative. I run my own company. Like that's cool. Um, now music can just be music for me. And it's not to say that I like, I guess I, I haven't like given up on my dream of being a established music producer, but it's not as relevant to my life anymore. And I guess that makes, that enables me to be even more expressive. Um, cause I've removed myself from that, that race. Cause yeah. there was a long, uh, many years where, um, like I was making instrumentals and sending them to managers or A and R's or or middlemen, um, and like they would go into the studios, um, they would spread like all all around. And um, there were a lot of times where I thought I was gonna have like a breakthrough, like okay, you know I'm gonna be on Schoolboy Q's oxymoron, but then it was like that didn't happen. So it was like I came, I would always come really close to like getting that breakthrough and being on that major album. Um, but there's so much that goes into it between like, uh, cause typically what I would do is like, I would make a beat and then send it to management and then they would send it to songwriters and they would write and record a reference track to it. And then that reference track would get shopped to like different studios, different labels. Yeah. Um, and like that's such a complicated process because then there's also the follow-up process of the artist gets the track, they write to it, they record to it, it goes through the album process, and then it could get cut for like sample clearance issues or yeah. or something like that. I remember I was supposed to be on this was a few years ago, well this was like maybe five or six years ago, um Mass Pike Miles, who was um with Maybach Music Group at the time, um, was releasing a a major mixtape. Um and I, w- I, had, I had produced this great track for it. Like, it was done. Like, yeah. it was, like, I produced the beat um, under the acapella. Like, they sent me the acapella, and they were like, make this beat yeah. for this track, and I did it, and, like, everyone loved it. And it was really great, but, um, like, literally, like, three days before the mixtape was supposed to come out, the engineer, like, couldn't find the drum file or some, mm. something like that, and it just was cut. Man. And the the thing went on to get like a quarter million downloads or half a million downloads or something. Like Ill Mind produced on that same album, and it was like, man, there was another chance that this like kind of got shot down. So, um, yeah, like it, it to- like I, I'm sure I can speak for a ton of musicians who just say like, man, trying to become a fr- professional musician is frustrating. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't really feel that anymore. Like I, that has that feeling has just been totally removed was, was there a moment in time where you like realized that yeah when like, i came back from miami yeah yeah so I, I i lived in miami for like seven months and um i moved there with a couple friends with kp the um rapper from lawrence and yeah. with south house um who's another producer from here in, in kansas city um 
and we moved down there and we I, I knew someone who uh, worked at a studio as like the resident engineer um, and he would record like all the time at this nice studio um, and we went down there with the intention of like okay we're going to get in the studio as much as we can and we're going to work with all the artists who come through there and like um, uh, Jay Balvin like recorded there I didn't even know who he was at the time like I, I went to the studio one day and like he was there with his like entourage yeah. and I could tell they all had money but like everyone in Miami has you're either poor or like super rich in Miami um, and I could tell he had like you know tons of money I had no idea who he was and then like a few months later that song with him and Justin Bieber like came out and like took over the airways. I don't remember what the hell it was called. Um, and then I was like, oh, that's the dude that was at the studio a couple months ago. Yeah. So, um, but it didn't really pan out right. Um, one of one of them had to, uh, KP had to move home because uh, couldn't, he couldn't find a job out there. Um, and then me and Christian just couldn't afford the apartment that we had and we were kind of frustrated with the studio. Um, we, we weren't really involved. We weren't as involved with the studio as much as we wanted. Um, and I'll just never forget like how great it felt to like drive back home and like get on I-70 and like come in through Kansas City and just like that feeling of like, man, I'm home. Like this feels so good because it made me realize that like Kansas City has like a, a really great music scene. Yeah. Like being down there in Miami was like, like if you're not already an established artist like there's not really a big place for you down there you yeah. know if you haven't yet been like plucked off of soundcloud yeah. by like a major label yeah. like you're still just scrapping like everyone else yeah it was funny when i was down there um i heard that uh rory roy fresco was went down there too mm. um and there were two there was a, stu- a big studio down there called circle house and my manager had told me about it while I was down there. And she was like, you got to go to Circle House. Like, that's where Timberland's at. Like, that's where all these guys at. Yeah. And I heard Roy was down there, like, for a while. Um, but I wasn't able to connect with him while he was out there. Because um, we were we were working out of Studio 26, which is um, a Pharrell-opened f- studio. Like, nice. B- BBC crap everywhere. <laughs> Beautiful studio. Like, great studio. Um, but yeah, I'll just never forget, like, driving home and, like, just that feeling of like, man, I'm home. I get to do, you know, I, I guess I didn't realize like what I had had, um, you know, in Topeka and in Kansas city until like I had left and, and seen what it was like in Miami where it's just like such a, and I felt like we had a leg up in Miami by being in that studio a lot. Um, but yeah. yeah. So I, when I came back from Miami, that was sort of when, I said in my head, like, you know, it's time to shift gears. It's time to uh, figure out what you're really good at and just, like, nail it down. And now, like, you know, Colt is my full-time job. Like, we have two full-time people, like me and my business partner. That's all we do, and it's been a very profitable year. Um, And we're looking to just keep expanding and keep growing. Um, We're trying to hire another full-time designer um, at the start of next year. Um and so that, um, I think when I came back from Miami, that's when I made that decision that I was like, I'm just going to do music more recreationally and as a hobby. And yeah. I'm, I'm out of this rat race. And, <clears throat> and I sort of fell out of touch with my manager. Um, and, you know, but I think sometimes that's like letting go in your art is kind of like what you needed yeah. all along to like yeah. 
me be more creative and successful thus yeah so. and i noticed a bit i kind of noticed a big change in like the way i was making music it was less uh scripted you know and more just expressive yeah because you kind of let go of like yeah. maybe any of the the business minded stuff that had drifted over into the music. I'm yeah, sure. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally did. And then it, it was fun again. Like it was fun. Yeah. Because for a while, like it wasn't fun for me. Like I was like producing music for other people that it's not necessarily that I didn't want to do it, but it sort of felt like a task because yeah. I was like in tasks to produce this album, or I was in task to mix this song, or like someone had paid me to engineer this album, and um. It, music's like all of a sudden became fun for me and then through through call through the company like i started um an audio workshop there every month um where i would like help educate uh anyone who came to the workshop on different software we did stuff with the boys and girls club like i would take a setup to the boys and girls club and like show them how to make beats nice. um we did stuff with um middle schoolers at a convention where i like showed them how to dj and uh uh, yeah, like that all became fun again, and I found a new, I sort of found a new breath with music when I came back from Miami and, and decided that I was sort of like out of this rat race of trying to be a pro producer yeah. and just uh, get back to what I like doing. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do I want to hit here? Um, I guess just kind of, it's kind of just a, a miscellaneous thing I wanted to ask you about, but... um on some of your past um, beat projects, you've used, like, Futurama and Seinfeld clips yeah. as transitions. Yeah. Um, do, do you, like, do you have, do you think you have, like, kind of a special relationship with, like, TV? Or do you, have you just kind of found it a kind of a fun tool to um, use for those transitions? I guess to a degree I have a, a, a relationship with, like, Futurama and with um, Seinfeld and, mm. um... Um, and then I th- on LPF two I used Full Metal Alchemist the anime, um, but that was sort of to because I guess when I envision people listening to my music, <clears throat> although it's probably not true, I envision them listening to it from like the first track to the last track and like not skipping a beat. So that's how I produce, you know, all those albums. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the tracks will, like, bleed into the other track. Um, there's, like, transitions. Um, that's how me and Devin did Equality, too. Um, but I, I, I guess I wanted each album to have, like, its own theme. Um, so, yeah, I did, I did Seinfeld with, with the first LPF, and then Futurama was on For When You're Alone. Full Metal Aquas was LPF, too. But I kept it off on Eject because I didn't want Eject to have that theme. I didn't want... I just wanted it to be just an expressive output of yeah, random music. Kind of yeah. An organic thing. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, I guess I also wanted to touch on some of your collaborative projects real quick. Yeah. You've, you've done a good handful over the years. Um, you, you did the shame, the devil yeah, project stick. with stick figure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that album, um, was a lot of fun to make and it was, I wish it would had. I wish the release had been handled better. We had um, a, a mutual. Well, one of Stick Figure's friends had put the album out under his record label, mm. and it didn't get like any. It didn't get the traction that either of us had wanted, and probably not the record label guy either. Um, but yeah, I sort of felt like we just plopped that out, and I don't know who all paid attention to it. 
Um, and that's something that me and Stick have like struggled with a, a lot because me and him sort of are on the same wavelength. Um, and that's something that I think he's struggled with is like, you know, you put so much work into an album and then you have like these expectations. And then when you don't meet those expectations, um, you feel let down. But all of those feelings got removed when I sort of stopped pursuing it professionally. Yeah. So shame the devil with stick figure was a real, um, short, sweet album. Um, pray on that album is still like one of my favorite records I ever produced. Like his, He's so talented. Yeah, that's some of my favorite. Like, he's stick figure material so talented, yeah. man. And pray. I wanted to shoot a video to pray. Um, maybe we still will because I, I think that song has a lot of potential to 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 get people's attention. Um, and then, yeah, me and Devin did Equality, which um, probably one of my f- more favorite. Yeah. Dotzilla project. Dotzilla, yeah. I always wanted to do a follow up album, Mm -hmm. but he's out in San Diego now and he's like an engineer. Um, And he has a kid and a wife and he's living his best life. Um, So, but you know, he's an incredible lyricist. Yeah. Like every lyricist I know says that he's like the best. Yes. (laughs) And he really just is great. Um, And then Dominico, well, we put out People Watching. Which was, um, that was a real, like, emotional album for both of us. Mm -hmm. I think we were both sort of, like, in this darker space where, like, we were feeling, I don't want to say depressed, but, like, we were just sort of feeling the same way. Um, And I think People Watching came out and, like, um, that was a a really great album personally, like, from a personal experience, just to make that with an artist like Dominico um, was great too. And then me and KP put out a couple collaborative albums. <clears throat> um, I produced an album for a rap group, uh, the Skeptics in Topeka. Um, I produced an album. Recently I produced an album for Crazy T, who is a, um, uh artist over in Tokyo. And I'm still working with him. We actually have another EP in the, in the shelf um, that I'm finishing up. Um, so yeah, I like doing, I like doing collaborative albums where it's like, you know, me and rapper. And I sort of got that from, uh, Alchemist. Mm. It's like Alchemist would like partner up with, um, different rappers. Like he has an EP with like Currency and, uh, Nomo Genesis and uh, like Prodigy. Um, and I think like, that's how you create that like body of work where it's like producer, rapper, um, yeah, like I've never made a collaborative album that I didn't want to make. Yeah. So And are, are like I'm I'm sure you're not hanging out um in Japan for that album, but for the most part are you are you usually like doing a lot of sitting down and working on stuff together with the yeah, um, collaborative we, projects? We, when or? we when we did the first um album we had like Skype sessions. Yeah. Um so I would just send over beats and he would record over them. Um and then he would send them back and I would mix them down and add like extra flair and engineer them and, and arrange them um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's not – you don't always necessarily have to be, like, together in the room. Like, when me and Dominico did people watching, like, I don't even – I don't even remember being at a studio session mm. for that. Like, I was just sending him beats, and he would – you know, him and Mab would record them and, like, send them back and, you know, it was sort of, like, bouncing back and forth. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's not always like a, an in-studio experience, 
but it's just finding those musicians who are on that same wavelength as you. Um, and then, um, just coming together and and making something together that's cohesive and and combines two different personalities of music. I'm not really familiar at all with KP and you've done, you know, several projects with him and obviously you've known him for a long time. Yeah. He's, tell me about his stuff. Um, he's, I don't want to speak for him, but I, I think he might've sort of similar to me, like just not, he's not in that. I'm a professional, I'm not doing this professionally anymore. Um, but he's a really talented rapper, like a songwriter. Um, he's from Lawrence. Um, he has a rich history of, of, uh, Kansas city, Lawrence rap. Like he would be a, a he would be an interesting person to have on this podcast, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a, he's a super talented rapper, super talented songwriter, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think going just speaking to that wavelength thing, I think me and him shared that similar frustration at a certain point in time, yeah. where it's like you know we feel that we're so talented and we're like you know we're doing this and this and this but it's like not working and we're just getting frustrated that we're not able to break through um, into that industry that we want to both be in. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of where our, our wavelengths met and, and we um, clicked and connected like that. So, yeah. Um, I guess um, probably wrapping up soon, but something I wanted, um, I kind of just wanted to get, um, like I, I mentioned before we started that I am, like, not the most, um, just from the, like, I, I don't get to Topeka as much as I want to. Sure, and yeah. I'm not as fully knowledgeable on the Topeka scene as I want to be, but, yeah. um, so <clears throat> I know, I think, like, most, like, most people who frequent, like, Lawrence and KC Hip Hop are familiar with Young Machetes, Ebony Tusks, the Vivid Zebra guys. Yep. Yep, yep. T-Rel, T-Rel, Stick Figure. Yeah. But can you give me, like, I, I want to know, like, who do I not know besides, like, those guys that I need to know about um, Topeka? Give me some, uh, some Rex. Seuss? So Seuss is probably, like, he's, like, the Topeka staple. I think I, 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 think I saw him open ICP. Probably. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, a chopper. He's, like, a chopper rapper. Yeah. He's, like, a Topeka. Like, there's, like, Stick Figure who is, you know... He embodies Topeka. Like, everywhere he goes, he carries... Like, he lives in Texas now. Like, he moved away, like, almost a year ago. Mm. Um, but, like, he still talks about Topeka all the time. Yeah. Like, he he def- that he embodies Topeka. But, like, I would say, like, right under stick figure would be, like, Seuss. Like, Seuss has been in Topeka for a long time. He's a super talented rapper. I don't really listen to, like, Chopper rap a lot just because yeah. I, I don't necessarily like it. But that's not to detract from the fact that he's, like, incredibly... Um, talented. He just put an album out um, this year called S E U S S. His name yep. Seuss. I can't remember the acronym though. Um, but they're Seuss, Young Machetes. Uh, recently, not. I mean, they're sort of newish. Um, super talented. Uh, well, I don't know what genre like hip hop yeah. mixed with like metal mixed with yeah. these different things. It's basically just like a, a bunch of guys like living in the same house like just jamming out yeah. and that's great like that's that's as expressive as it gets um i don't really know like like topeka is not 
Topeka has some talented musicians, but like I said, we don't have that infrastructure to support those musicians. Like, there's not even any studios yeah. in Topeka, um, like, rundown. Like, there's no professional studios in Topeka. Like, my friend Ted Landry just opened up what is now the most professional, probably, looking studio in Topeka. And it's, it's, um, it's in his basement. I don't even know if it's, you know... Um, I don't even know if it's operational yet. Mm. Um, but there, that the infrastructure isn't there because Topeka has a much different demographic than other cities. Like Lawrence has a younger college demographic. Yeah. Um, Kansas City has a bigger demographic that has a bigger, you know, market of that, you know, sixteen to thirty-two year old. Um, and so, like, yeah, Topeka's more like a you know 45 year old plus you're either like over the age of 45 or you're like in elementary school like those are the two big demographics there and what Topeka's found is like that youngish you know demographic ends up moving away to places like Kansas City um, or to Lawrence or to you know um, and so that just detracts from from everything from music venues to recording studios to you know the hip hop community in Topeka is not. It's sort of been on on the decline for a while, which sucks. Um, but yeah, Studio Seventy Five is another um, good one in Topeka. Preston Walker, yeah. he does these like house shows, um, like at his house, um, and just that sort of underground feel to it. Um, but yeah, uh, Topeka's music scene's changed uh, quite a bit over the last couple years. So, uh, if you're in Topeka, start rapping, please. Yeah, um, start posting. There's there may be a bunch of artists I haven't heard of. Send yet send either. your raps to yeah. um to architect me, yeah. at G, G No, I, I don't know your email. Find me on Twitter. <laughs> Find him on Twitter. Yeah, um, but yeah, so Topeka. But hey, there's I, there's ups and downs. Everywhere, there is, so. yeah. I, I mean, I like I like living. In, I'm not saying I don't like Topeka. Like I like living in Topeka from a personal and professional yep. standpoint. Um, and I'll just make music wherever I'm at. It doesn't matter. I'm being Miami, making music. Being Topeka, making music. Kansas City, making music. Like I'm just gonna make music regardless of my location. I never found my location to be super relevant to like what I do. Mm. Um, it's relevant to how I feel, but not relevant to like what I do as a person. So, uh, yeah, I think um, we can sure. wrap up there. Yeah. Um, where can people listen to the new album uh, and follow you? Any streaming platform, just search um, Architect, A R K U T E C, um, and you'll find me. Or, yeah. or Instagram, probably the biggest platform, Techzilla, T E C Z I L L A. Um, yeah, find me on Instagram, follow me on the gram. Um, I'm on there. Awesome. And people can follow at Shuttlecock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit shuttlecockmusic.com for the articles, uh, shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com for uh, all of the merch. Um, check the Facebook page and the events tab for the shows we're hosting coming up. Uh, I've got some, some more hardcore shows, uh, Regional Justice Center, Cadaver Dog, Spine, and Rifle Colt on October 12th at Sister Anne's at a 6, a 6 p.m. show. Be there. Um, but yeah, yeah, thanks for no, thank being you. on the show today. Thanks. It's been awesome. Appreciate it, yeah.